0: to say has a a lot to say about faith. Good old faith. (laughs) For example, we read in the book of Hebrews that without faith, it is impossible to please God. In the book of Romans, we read that we are made righteous through faith. And we read in the, the gospel of Matthew chapter 17 that if you have faith, nothing, nothing shall be impossible for you. Faith's a pretty big word. It has a lot of meaning. The fact is, when, when you and I walk in faith, we will experience the blessing of God in our life. And, equally important, when we walk in faith, we will be empowered to be a blessing in the lives of others for God. That's what faith is about. In Matthew 9, we read about a number of, of Jesus' miracles. It's sort of one right after another after another. There's the story of the paralyzed man who was brought to Jesus by his friends. And when Jesus saw their faith, he healed the man. There's the story of the suffering woman who, who touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said to her, your faith has made you well, has healed you. There's the story of the synagogue ruler. We learn in the Gospel of Mark that his name was Jairus, whose daughter had just died. Jesus went into the man's home and he raised the little girl from the dead. There's the story of the man who was demon-possessed, couldn't speak. Jesus casts out the demons and the man spoke. And then in the midst of these miracle stories in Matthew 9... Matthew in our text tells us a brief story about two blind men who asked Jesus to heal to heal them and he did. Jesus healed them. But he also taught a powerful lesson about faith. And that's where I want us to focus this morning. Truth, truth be told, if every one of us were honest, we have needs. We have lots of needs. At one level or another, we, we are in need of God's intervening touch. We need Him. It might be our sight restored. It might be health restored. It might be finances restored. Or our family restored. Or our business restored. Or hope restored. Whatever it is. Whatever that need is, that vacancy is in your life. We need for God to move. We want God to move. We yearn for God to move. To do things that we cannot do ourselves. Where our faith seems oh so small. And I want you to know that at that point, at that point, we're exactly where a life of faith begins. When you realize that you can't, Do it yourself. That truth is echoed in all of these stories in Matthew, particularly this passage about the two blind men. The vacancy, the need that they knew so well that they could not meet. That vacancy in our life is a call from God. It's a call from God to start living in faith, to start trusting in Him. You know, where our provision ends, that's where your faith begins. And that's where God wants to live. The vacancy in these men's lives was, was pretty obvious. They couldn't see. and When you can't see, you've got a lot of problems. You've got, you've got some need there. It was not a problem they could solve for themselves. They were in need of a miracle touch from God. And it was at that realization of their need that they had the opportunity to start living in faith. To start reaching out in faith. And it's the same truth for you and me. We have vacancy in our life. We have needs. We have lots of needs. Needs in our life and our personal life. Needs in the lives of those around us. Needs in our church. We have needs that, that we can't meet in our own power, in our own energy. If we could solve the problem on our own, we would have done it, would we not? We would have fixed that when it would be in the past. We're unable to do anything about it. It's bigger than we are. We need God's intervention. And it's right at that point of fearfulness. It's, it's right at that point of, of weakness and helplessness that, that God calls us to step out. To step out. To get, to get out of that boat it was in that story about Peter. To do something about those blind eyes as they were seeking Jesus. To invite Jesus to come to your home to bring healing to your daughter as it was with Jairus. Or to crawl through the crowds just to touch the hem of his garment as it was with the suffering woman. I would go so far as to say that God allows even these empty places, these vacancies to occur in our lives. So it kind of pushes us, if you would, to, to lean on Him, to grow in our love and in our trust for Him. Think about it. What, what, what vacancy is there in, in your life right now? What is there in your life right now that is beyond your ability to control? That should be a long list. Is something missing that you really, really desperately would like to see happen? Do you have a need that you can't feel in your own strength? Here's what Jesus was teaching with these miracle stories. Jesus was saying, start expecting God to do something about it. You know, that's a problem we have. We we have needs. We have wants, we have concerns. Some of them are, are critical needs. But we tend to want to deal with them ourselves. We go as far as we can go, and then we just say, "Well, that's it. That's it. All of us probably been around. we've heard a doctor say or know somebody who was told that we've done all we can do that's true except except there's one more step and it's a step that so often we're so reluctant to take and that, and that step it, is, is to look for God you know God is in the business of making things whole that's what he does of bringing things together of reconciling and, and we, we so often fail to look to him We need to remind ourselves that God is in control. God is sovereign over everything, sickness, death, everything. God is is sovereign over our finances. God is sovereign over our church. God is sovereign over everything, everything. And that God loves us. Now, we we sort of pass that away. You know, God loves us. Well, that's nice. That's what God's supposed to do. Now, let's get on with it. Sort of like mom and dad. They're supposed to love us too. We're supposed to love our children. We're supposed to love one another. You know, it's kind of a word that gets lost in the fog in our world today. But do we know that God also wants to provide for us? God wants us to be blessed. He hasn't forgotten us, He knows us very, very well. And He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting for us to turn to Him and to trust Him and to put our faith in His power. This vacancy in your life, this sense of helplessness, maybe even hopelessness, this fear is a call from God to put your faith in action. So what are those needs? What is that vacancy? Make the list. and Take it to God. When we do, when we answer that call, the good news is is that God responds to our faith. And God answers every prayer. Every prayer. He may say no. He may say not yet. He may say maybe. Or He may say a resounding yes. And it's usually when he says that, yes, that we get knocked off our socks. You know, we're sitting there saying, I can't believe what God is doing. I cannot believe it. But he always responds. He always responds to our faith. Not only is that his promise, but it's exactly what we see in every miracle story right here in, in Matthew. And especially this story of the, of the men who were, who were born blind. In verse 28, Jesus says, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I am able to do this? In other words, do you believe that I am God? Do you believe that that I have the power? That I am who I say I am? And how did they respond? Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. And it was then that Jesus touched their eyes. And he said, according to your faith, be it done to you. Now, there's a, that's a catch, isn't it? He didn't just say, be it done to you. He said, according to your faith. That's the lesson he's teaching. That's, that's what he's trying to show us. Not according to our needs. Not according to our wants. But according to your faith according to your faith. Jesus is saying that you will receive from God what you expect to receive. You're going to receive from God, you and I, what we're looking for, what we expect God to do, who we expect that God is. Is He a part of our life, an integral part, or is He a Sunday morning part? Or one of those desperation parts when nothing else seems to work and we, we kind of reach out. What happened? What happened? What happened to these two men? What happened in every one of these stories? For these two men, they received their sight, didn't they? They received their sight. According to your faith, it will be done to you. What do you and I expect from God? What do you believe? Way down deep, what do you believe, honestly, that He will do for you? Do you say in your heart of hearts, well, there's really no way that, that God will hear or answer my prayers? Have we become so accustomed to sort of the blah of walking with, with Jesus that that we, we don't expect anything? It's just day in and day out, the same old, same old. That there's no way God will heal me. That there's no way that God will give me peace in my heart. There's no way God will provide for me. I don't deserve it. Sometimes we say I'm not worthy. Or maybe even worse, we say, well, that was for a time long ago. And we don't live in Matthew, Mark, and Luke anymore. We don't live in Acts anymore. That that God has quit doing those things in our world. You know, God is challenging you and me. He's challenging us to raise our level of expectation. Quit looking around at what has been or what you think has been and quit looking around at what you kind of expect it will be, which is nothing, and start raising that expectation and say, well, just maybe God will do something. Maybe God is right. Maybe maybe God's promises are true. And maybe he's going to honor those promises. It's a novel idea. And let God be God. Let God be Lord. Look at what most earnestly you want to happen in your life. Or the life of someone close to you. Or in the life of our church. And practice saying, God, you can do something about this. You." I can't not on my own I don't have the power, but God, you can do something you can do something, and you know he will that's what he's waiting for he will we we see this again and again in the gospels. Jesus responds to faith that's why he said if if you believe you will receive whatever you ask in prayer, and we love to get in discussions about that, don't we whatever that's where we focus whatever you but that's what it says. It's it's why he said, if you have that that faith as small as a tiny little mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and guess what? It's going to move. And then then Jesus says, nothing will be impossible for you. That's why he said in today's story, according to your faith, be it done to you. So the big, big question is what does the kind of faith that God responds to look like? You know, we have part of the answer. Faith that God responds to begins with an attitude of expectation. You you have to believe He's going to do it. You have to have a sense that He can do it. He is able, that little word that's stuck in there. We have to to believe and have an expectation that God will work all things out for His best. That God is a God who cares about us. That God is a God who cares about His church. That God is a God who, who isn't cowering behind the world saying, Oh gee, they're doing this and they're doing that. And this whole place is just going down the drain. What am I going to do? And wringing His hands. No, that's not God. It might be us. That's not God. That is not God. You know, I had I've heard it said that faith is the bird that feels the light and sings when the dawn is still dark. Think about that. Faith is the bird that feels the light and sings when the dawn is still dark. There's another aspect to this kind of faith that God responds to, not only is it our expectation, but it's also a faith which includes our corresponding actions, our singing, while the dawn is still dark. In these miracle stories of Matthew, each person put themselves in a position to be on the receiving end of a miracle. Now, think about what that looks like. The paralyzed man's friends brought him to Jesus. They put him in front of Jesus. They did, you know, we read in stories, other stories, where they, they tore away the roof and lowered him down to be in front of Jesus in one of, the, one of the gospel stories. That's a lot of effort, that's a lot of faith, because they knew Jesus could deliver. The suffering woman inched her way through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. The synagogue leader invited Jesus to come to his home because he he knew that somehow Jesus could make a difference. His daughter had already died. But Jesus could somehow turn that back. A thought that is crazy. It really is. The two blind men approached Jesus not once. They approached him twice. Twice. And and don't miss the fact that Jesus didn't heal the, the blind men out there, outside the home, that very first time. No, no, no. Jesus goes on in the house. Jesus goes on. And they follow. That's not by accident. Oh, no. Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. He wanted to know, and they needed to know, that they truly believed, that they had faith, that they had faith. When they saw him on the street, they began calling out, Have mercy upon us, son of David. What does he do? He goes inside. They followed behind him, and they positioned themselves for a miracle. You see, they, they knew that Jesus could do something. They knew that they were never going to be healed by Jesus if, if they were on the outside of the house, and he was on the inside. They knew that they, there would be no healing of their body if they were on one side of town, and he was on the other side of the town. So they kept seeking Him. They kept calling for Him. And they followed Him. They followed Him right into the house. You know, if you and I, if we we want a better marriage, then we need to start taking some steps to make that happen, to put put us in a position where God can bring healing. If, you know, if you want God to provide you with a job, then you, you need to take some steps. Dress up that resume a little bit and, you know, start knocking on some doors. Start looking. Start talking. Take some responsibility for doing your part. You know, there is a a corresponding action to faith. It isn't just standing there saying, I believe, and waiting for it to happen. It doesn't work that way. Not with God. Not with God. Faith begins with an attitude of positive expectation. That you know God's there and you know that that God can do what God can do. That His power and His purpose is is greater than yours and He wants to help. He wants to be involved. But it's increased. It's increased with the corresponding action. With us putting ourselves in a position for a miracle. Remember what He said. According to your faith, be it done to you. There's another aspect that I want you to see before we let this go. And that is that you can only go as far as your faith is strong enough to take you. You can only go as far as your faith is strong enough to take you. You know, in the message version, the message translation, Jesus' words to the, to the blind men were ex- expressed in a little bit of a different way. When the men came to ask him uh, to give them sight, and he asked them, he said, Do you really believe that I can do this? And they said, Yes. Just as in all the the little versions. But in the ESV, Jesus says, according to your faith, be it done to you. Listen to what the message says. The message translates, become what you believe. Interesting thought. Become what you believe. If you believe that God is for you, if you believe that he's working on the details of your life, not not just in general, but right down to the minutiae, but he knows everything that's going on and and he cares about that and and he's for you. He's trying to make it good. Even the difficult situations, he's trying to make better for your good and for his glory. If you believe that, you'll experience that in your life. If you believe that God is at work in you, changing you, making you, molding you, shaping you, conforming you into the image of Christ, that one degree of glory to another, that one one little piece one little speck one little part then you're going to start to experience that in your life if you believe that god is waiting to pour out his blessings upon you that he's eager eager to fill your life with good things then you're going to experience that in your life on the other hand if you believe that god is just a that life is just a cruel joke and and god is sort of like the greek gods who just sort of stood way aloof from their from their People, and, and they just played games. If you believe that, if you, if you believe God doesn't really know you, and God doesn't really care about you, and have an intimate knowledge of, of all your needs and all your concerns, and have a, have a very deep desire to, to see you grow and be with Him for eternity. If, if we don't believe that, then we're, we're just in the wind. We'll always be a victim of circumstance. We're never going to go anywhere that matters. We're not going to try. We're not going to try. We're going to say to ourselves, well, nothing really good happens to me anyway. And we're always going to look at the glass half, half empty rather than the glass half full. That's what you'll experience. You will become what you believe. And you can only go as far in this life as your faith is strong enough to take you. So before you launch on a new adventure, before that special person enters into your life, before job opportunities come along, before you meet a health crisis, before the dark forces of this world of of drug and and violence and fear creep into your world, you need to develop a deep, abiding faith in the goodness of God. And you do that in His Word, and and you do that in teaching, and and you do that in, in sharpening and encouraging one another. You need to believe and make sure that you have a strong faith in God's ability. I can't do it, but God can. God can. In God's ability. And not only that He will or can, but that He will. That He wants to. That He desires to. When we say God loves me, that's what I mean. (laughs) God really loves me. And He wants me to be with Him and in Him. And that means no matter what comes around me, what falls around me, I'm going to be blessed and I'm going to have a certain joy about my spirit no matter what's happening. No matter what is happening. Because that spirit and that joy, that happiness, that peace, it transcends this world. It is directly from God. Your circumstances Will not change you. It's your faith in God that will change you. You will become what you believe. Your circumstances will be changed by that faith. We tend to struggle with experiencing God and expecting or accepting the extraordinary, the supernatural. You know, I know we're good Presbyterians. You know, what would we do if something supernatural happened right here in the midst of us? Uh, well, I'll tell you what would happen. We'd be blessed, one, because it's God. And that's God's in the business of blessing. But you know, we pray for God. We pray for God to move in our life. We pray for God to do things. And what else are we going to get? What else are we going to get but the supernatural, the extraordinary? Because the supernatural and the extraordinary is God. You know, if it's ordinary, that's me. Very ordinary. But if it's super ordinary, extraordinary. It's God. His touch, His work, His intervention. It's always supernatural. Never natural. Always supernatural. That's who He is. So be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you've answered the question Jesus asked. Do you believe? Do you believe? Because when you ask in faith, Jesus will do it. And when Jesus do, does it, it will be supernatural. Because that's who God is. My prayer my, my prayer is that every one of us, we as a body of believers and, and, and as a church, will grow in faith. We'll grow to the point that we're willing to risk asking God to do something that we're not sure can be done. Because that's when God comes alive. My prayer is, is that we will ask ourselves, do we really expect God to do a miracle in our life? Do we really expect God to, to bring a healing? Do we really expect God to give us peace? Do we really expect God that when we die, we're, we're going to go to heaven? We talked about that last week. We've got to have that assurance. And we've got to have that, that, that bedrock faith. What do I really expect God to do in my life? What do we really expect God to do in our church, in our corporate life together? What are the needs? What are the vacancies, those vacant spots? Let's have faith that God will meet every one of them. Overwhelmingly. If we can have that kind of faith, then I want to challenge us to begin expecting the blessing of God to pour down upon us, because God will help us. God will protect us. God will use us. God will work through us in spite of and indeed maybe because of the obstacles that we're facing right now. Remember, God is sovereign. He's over every one of them. Put your faith in Him, especially in those areas of your greatest needs, and expect Him. and Let Him, let Him work His power in your life. That's what those two blind men did. We saw the results. That's what Jairus did. did. We saw the results. That's what the woman with the issue of blood did. And we saw the results. That's what every person of faith...